This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you back. As we're getting closer to the Thanksgiving holiday, we are back for another wine podcast. Yeah, and you know what, Josh? We're doing Thanksgiving food and Thanksgiving wines. Well, I'm happy to be back for this one. I missed out on your cocktail episode last week. It sounded like it was a, it was a really good one. Yes, you guys it, had a whole lot of fun. Right. <laughs> we did gin. You know, that's not my favorite, but uh, I learned a lot about it. And uh, our special guest, D'Amico, she knows uh, she did the gin fizz. And her husband is a bartender at the Capitol Grill. Cool. Well, that's exciting, and I'm, I'm sad I missed it, but I'm, I'm happy to be back for another wine week where we are really enjoying some great wine. And it's getting re- ready for my favorite holiday, so Thanksgiving wine. So, so for this week, it's going to be kind of special. Uh, you know, we're only doing one plate of food since we're doing Thanksgiving food this week. And we have three wines this week. We have a white wine, a sparkling wine, and a red wine. And all these are going to be great to go with your table. So I'm going to go over the sparkling and the white. Dad's going to talk about his red yes. that he's brought. And then we'll talk about each of our uh, foods that we make because we kind of split up duties this week. So That's right. The sparkling wine we have is the Roterer Estate Brut Rosé. Uh, this is a sparkling wine from Northern California. We have a Riesling from Zoll. This is actually an Austrian Riesling, which I think are going to be great for your tables. And uh, the food that I brought this week was I did some homemade nine cheese macaroni and cheese. And I found at Trader Joe's this, I kind of call it a, a, a turkey wellington, but it's basically like uh, Thanksgiving all wrapped up in like a beef wellington. So dad, well, what red are we doing? And then what are your other foods? So the red is uh, Louis Jardot Beaujolais Villages, and it's 2019 vintage. Okay, what about the food? And the food is I did a stovetop dressing because I know a lot of you have a lot of a lot of work and, and may not have time to do anything, so we did the easy button on that. I did another easy button with just some little mushroom caps, and then I bought a pecan pie. Because I couldn't convince Joanne to do one, like she gave us little uh, pecan cups last year. She didn't yeah. do a whole pie, but that turned out really well. And I know for our actual Thanksgiving, we're going to have pumpkin pie, pecan pie, and apple pie. Oh, I know those, gonna be, all gonna three be apple? are coming. Oh, That's okay. right. Apple's a new addition for our family. But all these wines are great wines that are going to be crowd pleasers at your Thanksgiving the price point on them are not, they're not bad. I think the highest one is the Rotor Estate Rosé. I think it runs around 35 but you can find it for a little bit cheaper usually around the holidays. That's right. And the cheapest one is, is the red and it, it's price point. You know, I saw it on the internet for like 10 bucks and I think I got it on Wine Wednesday for 13 Yeah, but like I said, all these, and we're going to go through all these. We're going to talk about the food that goes with them and kind of just talk about Thanksgiving as a tradition and a holiday. And it's going to be a good old time. Now, before we get into this week's wonderful stuff, we have to talk about the blind from two weeks ago. Yeah. In the liquor episode. So you blinded the liquor. What'd you say it was? I don't remember. I think I actually blinded it, Josh. Yeah. I don't remember what I poured 
It was. Oh, I remember. Okay. All right. <laughs> I remember so, too. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> let's get so again. So last, so we got to talk about the blind from la- from two weeks ago now, and right. your first liquor blind, mm-hmm. and I poured it for you. Do you remember what you thought it was? Well, in the whole chase to narrow things down, I said it was a rum, and then I later I narrowed down scotch. I narrowed down uh, tequila. Eventually, I narrowed down the rum. And said it was a whiskey. Mm-hmm. So, what was it, Josh? It was actually a rum. It was a rum. It was the Diplomatico Distillers Edition Number Three that we had from the High Low Podcast. That's right. And so, he's he's over there smiling <laughs> because he knew what it was, and I I want to kick myself because I just probably knew it was rum. Yeah. But I just went with a different gut. You probably knew it was rum, but then knew that I poured it, and I have more bourbon in my house than, than rum. So you, exactly. So you thought it was you thought it was a bourbon. That's exactly but, what hey, happened. But it was a good one for your first for your first liquor blind. I would say you did very well on that one. But I think uh, you're giving me full credit. Then? Uh, no, I'm going to give you partial credit. Oh, okay. You know, we'll, we'll say it's a passing grade. <laughs> Passing grade on that one. Maybe not 100%. But. It was a 70, and that's the lowest passing grade there is. Hey, but you passed. That's <laughs> right. what matters. So. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into this food. So once again, we're going to be starting with our sparkling wine this week. This sparkling wine is the Rotorer Estate Brut Rosé from California, and I love this wine. It's a beautiful it wine. It is a beautiful wine. We may have had done this one on the podcast before. I don't remember. We need to keep a better log. Yeah. And should. there's nothing wrong with doing things over again. Right. If but it's I, really good, and this is what we've told you listeners, if you like it, buy it. Yeah. Now, Seth said something a few weeks ago. He said if you go to the liquor store and you know eight out of nine, buy number nine. Yeah. Now, to me, that's I like that idea. But it is risky. It is risky. And I think we've done this. I think I did this one while you were gone. Oh, okay. One time. Because uh, I think I did a whole roasted duck with it now that I'm thinking about it. I think this one is gonna go, is a great Thanksgiving wine. I love doing sparkling rosés at Thanksgiving. I think it's just a really fun, festive thing to do. You don't want to shell out the money for champagne. I know last year when we did this, we did the Lucien Albre Brut Rosé from Alsace. Uh, this is another great one. This has French heritage. Um, Rotorer, you may okay. you may know Rotorer Champagne. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know Rotorer Champagne, you probably know Cristal Champagne, which right. is actually from Rotorer. That's their Tete de Cuvée. But this is actually their property that they have in California. It's from northern from northern California, actually north of Napa, in a little town called Philo. Uh, Dad, is Philo, Philo ringing a bell from the wine tasting we did with Seth? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had that Gehertzmuner from up there, mm-hmm. which was really good. But Now, did you say Napa? I said it's north of Napa. Okay. It is in a town called Philo. Okay, all right. It is not in Napa. It is right. up farther north where they, they grow a lot of Pinot Noir and some colder, some colder grapes up there. Do they call it the Anderson Valley? 
Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now, so now the ta- I know where it is. Yeah, the Anderson Valley, which is north of there, the town is in, is called Philo. Okay. It's I think maybe a couple stop si- stop sign town, but the Anderson Valley is that area up there where they grow their grapes. They're also you can find Duckhorn, not Duckhorn. Well, one of Duckhorn's properties called Goldeneye. Okay. They have a high-end Pinot Noir that they grow there, and they also do a great sparkling, sparkling rosé from there as well. What but year th- were you born? I was born in. You should know this. Nineteen eighty-six. Playing. <laughs> Nineteen eighty-six well, is when I was born. Born in eighty-two. Yep. And I'm looking at the website as well while while you're digging into a little bit of food, and it says crafting fine sparkling wine since nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, so in the 80s, a lot of champagne houses started buying land in California because we know from learning that champagne is Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. California has some great Pinot Noir and Chardonnay land. So in the 80s, a lot of champagne houses started to buy land and start growing and making their own, their own California version of their sparkling wine. And so Rotorua did up in the Anderson Valley. Shandon is down actually more in Sonoma than Napa, kind of in the hills between. Atatanjay has their own Domain Caneros, which is actually in, I think it's in um, the Sonoma area as yeah. well, mm-hmm. rather than Napa. So, but so I've got really my, good. I've got my fork ready. Oh, you got your fork ready. And okay, I'm trying so. to figure out what I should start with that would pair in your mind. Now, we're going to still do best on plate. But what would you consider as the food that I should start with with this sparkling? Well, I think, like you said, I think anything's going to go well with it. Mm-hmm. The only one that I'm worried about on plate is the mushroom. Mm-hmm. With all that earthiness, and what's in the mushroom? It's just cheese. Stuff cheese, cheese and cheddar well, cheese. Well, there's, okay. there's some, I don't really know. I think there's some broccoli okay. and some cheddar cheese. So I would go with anything. But that. Yeah, that one would be the only kind of question. And I think that would probably go very well with the red. Of course. So, they started this and they've been growing it there, there ever since. Now, when it comes to your Thanksgiving, like I was saying, I love starting with bubbles. I love having bubbles just on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I love sharing them. You know, there's so many flavors that go on in Thanksgiving. A lot of them, though, are kind of earthy mm-hmm. in nature. And that's why I like to do rosés, sparkling mm-hmm. rosés, and sparkling mm-hmm. rosés go well, because they have that extra little bit of body that can go well with it. And I like them because they kind of open and wake your palate up. Yeah. They're not really a aperitif, but they kind of are in a way that is for the palate. Yeah. As opposed to the stomach. Right. So it's like, let's have this sparkling or this champagne. And kind of get our palate ready for what's going to happen later. Yeah, and like you said, it's great if you put out hors d'oeuvres and kind of snack around, but it's also great to have during the meal. Mm-hmm. Now, let me let me talk about this little turkey thing. Okay. Our turkey on the plate today. So, Jordan was walking through Trader Joe's, and she sent me this picture. And what it is, is it's, if you've ever had Beef Wellington... So, you know, beef wellington is a beef tenderloin mm-hmm. that has mushroom duxelle, which is mm-hmm. mushroom mm-hmm. mushroom sauce on it, wrapped around it, and then it's wrapped in puff pastry. Mm-hmm. And then you cook it, and it cooks everything through. Well, this is a frozen item from Trader Joe's, 
that is a turkey tenderloin. Oh, okay. Covered in cornbread dressing. Okay. Wrapped in puff pastry. And then you cook it all the way through. So it's like it's like a Thanksgiving Wellington. Right. Uh, so we have two different... So in here there are... Like I said, there is some stuffing. There's turkey. And I know you... We have some gravy somewhere if you need it. I don't really care for it. For gravy, so... I think it's one of those things that I'd usually leave off. But I think it's going to go well being a fowl. I think most fowls go well with rosés. Because, you know, rosés go well with any fowl. And I think a lot of those earthy flavors that come out in Thanksgiving are going to be what's really good with this. Now, the mac and cheese uh, was made from scratch. Mm -hmm. You did. Uh, Jordan assisted with the cheese sauce because I don't make cheese sauces very well. Okay. But this is... is kind of a art. This is there are nine cheeses in this, Ooh, wow. and there are some caramelized onions. Mm. So it's a it's a really good side that you can have at your Thanksgiving. And I think it will go well with all the kind of all the stuff we have going on. So what do you what are you thinking so far as you're drinking and eating? So I like that turkey roll. Now, you said stuffing, I said dressing. So the old Southern thing is dressing. But I know there are Southerners that stuff their turkey. And so you can make the same thing and put it inside the turkey. Right. And cook the turkey in the oven. Well, that's the difference. That's the difference between dressing and stuffing. Dressing is cooked outside of the bird. Right. Stuffing is cooked inside the bird. That's what I wanted to explain. Yeah. And because we fry turkeys. Yes. (laughs) I think. I don't think we should ever try it by stuffing the bird. I don't think so either. I I think think it'd be a terrible mess and it might explode. It would just just all come out of the cavity. Right. Well, even when you do it, you have to sew the cavity up. No, not always. Well. Not when you roast it. Well, that's true. When you roast it, you can leave it. But I just think it would be bad. So, yeah, like Dad alluded to, we, we fry our turkeys every year. We've been doing it now for mm. 20, 20 years, maybe. Maybe. How long have you been brewing beer? Well, that's 95. So we've been doing it since probably 96. Yep. Yeah. 96 or 97. So we've been doing it for, gosh, 20, 22 years, 23, like <laughs> 23 yeah. years. Well, and David Christopher, yesterday I saw him uh, over at my mom's house, and he was setting the game up for mom, and he... He told me about some podcast guy, and and it wasn't us, but he said that guy smokes his turkey till it's up at 120 degrees, mm-hmm. and then he fries it to finish <laughs> it out. And I'm thinking, man, that's way too much work. That is a lot of work. A lot of people, a lot of people smoke their turkeys well, in well, the south. I used to too. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't really care for it. I'd rather fry it. It mm-hmm. takes so much less time. What, start to finish an hour and a half, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, from starting the oil? Mm-hmm. And it just goes, it just makes it go so easily. But, man, this, this mac and cheese is so good. And there are little, uh, there are little uh, nuggets in there. So it's a little, uh, little treat. The ninth cheese is goat cheese. Oh. And I just take, like, clumps of it right before it goes in the oven. Mm-hmm. Just kind of push them down all over the place, so you get a little pocket of pocket of goat cheese in there. 
Should we try everything with this wine? I think we should at some point. Yeah. So this wine is, you know, from the Anderson Valley. It's a rosé, so it's pink. You can see it's got great little bubble to it. It's, what what was it, $35 in the store? Well, it was Mark, I think 38 or 39 Okay. Then the wine wins to you. Yeah. And a lot, this is one of the ones that sometimes, like I said, will go on sale this time of year mm-hmm. as we're getting into more of the holiday season and the bubbles are getting bought a whole lot more. This is 56% Pinot Noir and 44% okay. Chardonnay. Okay. So that's why it also has some of that extra body to it. But the acidity still really kind of, still really rings through mm-hmm. and kind of helps you kind of cut through all the stuff and probably will really cut through the gravy as well. Uh, it's a brute. The residual sugar on this is 11 grams per liter. So it's a little bit sweeter than some of your other champagnes when it comes to the dosha, dosage levels. Now, and are they able to call this a champagne? No. I never said it was a champagne. I didn't think so, but I, I was. No, I said other champagnes that you may be used to. Right. I know what you said. <laughs> but it, there is some special cases in California that they call it champagne, isn't there? Well, there are, there are t- I think, two or three wine That they were, like, grandfathered they, in or something. They started calling, they were calling themselves champagne before the international law went into effect. And they can call themselves California champagne. They can't just call themselves champagne. Right. They call them, that's why Corbel right. is the big one that everybody knows. Uh-huh. Can still call theirs California champagne. Oh, okay. So the gravy, I I agree with you. Don't don't mess with it. So the gravy was in a jar, heated up. It's very salty. Hmm. It destroys this wine. In my mind, yeah, too much salt. And I this is really this sparkling is really good. Oh yeah, it's a it's one of those ones that it's not a. It's not an everyday sparkling for me because of the price point. It's just a little bit high for that. Mm -hmm. But when I'm looking at, I don't want to pay, you know, $50 for champagne. But I want to get something a little bit nicer. Mm -hmm. I will definitely go buy this. Either the Brut, which is the regular level of this, or the the Rosé. They're both always, always good buys to me. Never, I've never had a bad bottle. A couple weeks ago, I was able to have some from a Magnum, which mm. was really, really good. And talking about kind of how this is made, this is aged on its it's aged on leaves for at least two years. Okay, so you do get some of that extra rich body from it. Mm-hmm. There's just something different to me with the California sparklings from the producers that make champagne. Okay, I don't know. Like Chandon is fantastic. Rotor is great. Uh, Domain Caneros. All those are really, really special. Mum Napa. The, those all those taste a little bit different than mm-hmm. the other sparkling, some of the other ones that you can get out of California. Now, I've never had any of the really high-end stuff. Like, I've never had Ultramarine or... Now, does Rotor, do they make a high-end? They do. They make, okay. a, they make a high-end California. It's called L'Hermitage. Okay. Or the heritage, and that one is aged for about 
four, I think at least four years, and it's vintage. Oh, it's okay. vintage. Okay, it is not. This is this one that we are currently drinking is not vintaged, right? But the L'Hermitage is uh, vintaged as well. What's the ABV of it? It is twelve and a half. Hold on, let me look at my text sheet. It's twelve and a half. Okay, twelve and a half. So on the lighter side. Yeah. Uh, so have you had the pie or what have you, so, so I tried the mushroom cap and you're right. Doesn't go with it. Like I said about the gravy, too salty. So for this sparkling, it's going to be a toss up on best on plate because that Mac and cheese is so good with it. And so is the, the turkey roll. Yeah. Wellington. Whatever you want to call Not it. Even, they call it, how do think, I'd have to think back to what the box said, but they called it like the French term for a roll-up or uh-huh. ca- not yeah. cassoulet. Yeah. But, okay. But it's really good. It is and good. It, you know, it's, it's sizable. It would definitely serve like Thanksgiving for four. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, if you just have two or mm-hmm. if you're by yourself or you and a, another person, you're like, oh, I don't want to make everything i need to for thanksgiving and the volume is so difficult to control that's a good i'd say that's a good pickup for 20 bucks well instead of buying a 20 pound turkey and frying it or yeah or a big you know the big turkey breast they end up being about that about 20 pounds or something yeah Yeah, they do end up being quite a bit but it's also just you know it's got this it's got the stuffing or the dressing in it as well because you do get some of that Mm mm-hmm that earthy, herby, bready kind of flavor in it when you mm-hmm. get it all together. And for people who are just kind of by themselves, you know, it also comes, and I just didn't bring them, it comes with a packet of gravy and a packet of cranberry sauce. Oh, that's cool. So you just heat those up. So, yeah. And it really has pretty so much everything like Marie you need. that's by herself, she mm-hmm. could buy one of those and invite a friend over, and they'd have a great. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're just striking out on your own, newlywed, Right. It's COVID's season. You still can't travel, mm-hmm. and you're worried about mm-hmm. that. See if you can pick up one of these from Trader Joe's. I mean, it's it's really a nice, you know, I think it was probably made because of COVID. Because I didn't, I don't think they made it last year. Oh, really? Um, okay. Didn't really see it. But it's one of those things that it just seems like for small people, if you're stuck, you can't travel, but you still want to have that Thanksgiving experience, and you don't want to cook everything, it's all right there for you. It's hard to say this, Josh, but they've been some good things come out of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about the the wine and the beer deal where you can you can go get your food and, and bring it home where where those places couldn't do that before COVID. Mm-hmm. And so this sounds like it it's one of those things that you just go to traders and you know, put your mask on, go to traders, buy it. Yeah. Get you some green beans and, and some Mushrooms in a can and do what, you know. Whatever your other chosen sides are. Well, yeah, what other, the other sides are. I don't know if you noticed, but I sucked mine down. Yeah, I went ahead and poured some more. Did you try it with the pie? I have not. You got to try it with the pie. It's good. All right, well, then you, you better pour me a few drops more. I'm not sure how many people we'll have here for Thanksgiving. We didn't do it last year. It was just... Of course, Thanksgiving happened last year, but it was just uh, you and me and Marie and Mom. Is that it? Mm. Can't remember Jordan. 
No, Kennedy, they didn't. But... They didn't come last year. But yeah, it was a it was a whole lot smaller. We had some extra people. We had some other family members there. Oh, Gene. Yeah, we, but we fried a turkey and then we did the we recorded a the family cocktail. Oh, that's right. Family cocktail hour that night. Mm-hmm. You know, we needed dessert to feed. There's just a feat before we had that cocktail out. That would help <laughs> matters. Well, we just needed a nap and sobering, <laughs> sobering up. Because, I mean, we start, let's see, what is it? We start about 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. day of, because mm-hmm. we usually eat around 1. Mm-hmm. So you and I, you and I kind of start everything, getting everything ready about 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. By about 10.30, we've got cigars going and usually a dark beer mm-hmm. around. And then, you know, 11, 11.40 or 11.30, we're uh, dropping the turkey. Mm-hmm. So we're on our, you know, maybe a big special ball. No, you didn't mean on the ground. No, we're dropping it <laughs> dropping it in the water. Water? Water, in the oil. <laughs> Jeez. Thinking pasta. We usually, so the other thing we usually do. Yeah, at least you and me, besides a cigar and usually a dark beer, we'll also open up usually a bomber, a nice bomber bottle of beer mm-hmm. that we can find. <laughs> oh, do you remember the year? I can't remember if it was you or if it was I found the 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 Scotch ale that was aged in Newey St. George red wine barrels. I remember that. And you put your glass on top of the recycling bin. Mm-hmm. And you spilled a little, like yeah. it, it tipped over, and it's like, oh my oh god, my. <laughs> this is need a catastrophe. See, need to see if I can find that beer again. That beer was really, it was really out. good. So, what'd you think of the pie? With that sparkling, it was, I, I want to say it was lights out. It was pretty. I good. was afraid that the sugar of the pie mm-hmm. and the sugar of the sparkling. The rotor of the steak would fight with each other. Yeah. But they just found a real happy medium and it was really good. Yeah. Well, I can tell that this pie is a dark Cairo syrup pie. Yeah, I can too. And the, you know, the, fil- <laughs> the filling is so dark. Randy'd and be happy. He would. <laughs> he would be. So, you know, but it, I do think that extra body and depth really does help with the, uh, with the wine itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you want to go to the next one? Let's go. Okay, so the next wine that we have is a Riesling from Zoll. So it's the Zoll Riesling and is actually from Austria. So Riesling is another one of my favorite wines to bring out at Thanksgiving. It was really hard for me not to bring out Gehertzmeter again. Oh, right. (laughs) right. I did that last year. I did that last year, so I didn't want to bring it out again. But this wine... Uh, like I said, it's from Austria. It's a Riesling. It is a dry Riesling. One of the reasons I like bringing this one out is it does have a touch of sweetness to it. So it can actually be something for those people who are not huge red wine drinkers. Right. Or want a little bit of sweetness to it. But the sweetness actually will still has enough acid on the wine to carry it through through most of the, most of the parts of what we have. Now, I do think- you get the marker on the nose? Uh, the petrol? Yes. Yes, I do get the petrol on the nose, but you got to remember from that tasting, I was wrong. The most, the really petrol one was the Navarro from Anderson Valley. Well, that was his curveball. Yeah, that was the curveball. <laughs> yeah. 
But I, talk, up, but I ended up getting that right. Josh and I were talking about the wild wines at the zoo, uh, wine tasting, and you know Seth Barlow. He he's good at curveballs, and so is Josh. But uh, well, Josh struck out on that one. <laughs> no, I actually ended up getting it right. Oh, okay. I ended up getting the reasoning, the reasonings right. No, sorry, I was thinking of the Navarro. The Navarro was the Gehertzmeter. The Rieslings, um, I ended up getting wrong. And that Riesling was from Washington. Washington, that's right. Yeah, that was a curveball. The Riesling was from Washington, and it was very, very petroly. But anyway, so what? Anyway, what Dad was talking about is the. You know, if you remember a couple of weeks, well, a while back now, we talked about wild wines at the zoo and how Dad won a wine tasting uh, with Seth, and we had it. I guess when this is released, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it was lots of fun. He brought some great wines from his own cellar. And what we did was he blinded everybody each round. And it was a new world and an old world wine. So we had to pick whether we thought the wine was new world or if it was old world. We wrote down a piece of paper and we had a whole a whole lot of fun. And there were two. Married of us. Besides Jordan and I, dad and mom, there were you know two other couples that were there. And it was just a whole, it was a whole, whole lot of fun. It really was. And I mean, Seth, you know, Seth really outdid himself and he was excited to do those events. So it, I can't wait for more of those events to happen. Shameless plug. If you want us to do one, reach out to us. You know, we're on Instagram or send us an email and we can definitely get that chit chat going about doing something like that. Because it'd be lots of fun to do a full pairing one with anybody or, you know, reach out to Seth from where he's Seth E. Barlow on Instagram. And mm-hmm. he, I know I know he would love to do one. As well, but it was so much. It was so much fun. But a little bit more about this wine. Uh, so this wine is a Riesling, like we've mentioned before, fairly dry. It does have some sweetness on it. It is. It's super delicious to me. It still has a lot of those really racy characteristics of a good Riesling. Great Riesling. Yeah, it's, it's got good lemony, lemon and citrus and floralness to it and it's a it's, any tropical i'm getting some tropical i think i could i could see maybe like pineapple that's what i was gonna say but exactly. it's, it's very specific because it's it's acidic right it's that really acid that acidity now the uh alcohol in this is 13 percent mm-hmm. another great thing about this wine when it comes to parties it's a screw cap so <laughs> it's nice to what does that mean josh it's a screw cap on the top of the bottle it's not a cork. It's easy to open. <laughs> so if you're going, if you're having a party and you need to open another bottle, it's just there a bottle. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was afraid you were saying. And if you don't drink it all, you put the cap back on. No, because you always finish the bottle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially on a holiday. Um, but it's it's really good. It's got some great minerality to it. And like I said, I like this wine for these types of wines for Thanksgiving because they have that acidity that will just kind of drive through some of the heavier food. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's for the earthy bombs, like mushrooms or things like that. I don't think it would go very well, but like green beans, dressing, mac and cheese. It's got enough acid that it will run through that. It's not powerful enough that it's going to overpower a turkey. Have you tried the mac and cheese with it? No, I've been talking. Well. So I'm how trying, was it? I, I haven't tried it either. Oh. I'm trying the mushroom. <laughs> yeah. This mushroom cap that I have on my plate is extremely earthy. Yeah. So 
try the wine with it because I don't think it's going to go. And hey, it's Thanksgiving. There's nothing that says you can't that you can only have one wine glass in front of you. Well, we started. I mean, out with we three. have three. <laughs> I usually have two when I sit down at Thanksgiving because it is a very hard meal to just pick to do one thing, unless you are you like at least coursing have, it. Have a white and a red. Right, unless you're just coursing it and you're getting everything in separate courses and you're mm-hmm. pairing your courses out, which I think would be a really fun Thanksgiving thing to do. But my family would definitely not appreciate it. I do think, you know, having a couple glasses of wine in front of you is not a bad thing. So that if you get to something like a mushroom cap Uh and you want to pair better with it, you can have your red, your red wine. So it, it did not kill it. The mushroom cap did not kill the wine like the mushroom cap killed the sparkling. Yeah. Because this Riesling stands up to it. Because it's got, I can't say it has more flavor, but it seems to have more spice with it. You know, that petrol. There's more acid. The acid. Mm -hmm. Any spice that you might taste with it. You know, the pineapple that we were both getting. That doesn't necessarily go with a mushroom cap. But I don't know. I've never tried that. Well, and And I would. it might work. And I. So when for me it's not I don't get pineapple, but the acid is so prickly on my tongue, mm-hmm. it reminds me of that acidity of pineapple. Okay. They say the acidity on this is seven and a half grams per liters, which is pretty high. The residual sugar on it is seven. So they're pretty balanced between the residual sugar, the actual mm-hmm. sweetness in the wine. And the acidity that the wine brings through. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's 100% Riesling, so there's nothing else in it. Mm-hmm. It is 13% alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it's delicious. It goes really well with the mac and cheese. It really does. Because the fat of the mac and cheese I just tried plays it. so well with the acid in there. And that lemony brightness just kind of lifts everything up. And the, if you get a little, if you get some of that onion and the goat cheese with it uh-huh. too. Oh, it's so good. I don't think we've ever, we've never had mac and cheese at our Thanksgiving, have I we? I don't think so. It's not something, so it's a very, it's a very Southern side dish. So you're going to have to bring it. <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> good to know I got to make it, I'm going to have a pan of mac and cheese. Yeah. I'll have to let mom know for the timing of the oven. So that's another, so since we're talking about just thanks, like Thanksgiving stories with our family, you know, the time, the oven timing is crucial. Absolutely. We only have one oven. <laughs> right. We usually have about 20, pe- 20 people at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is mom does the pies, dad and I do the turkey, dad does dressing, and then people bring everything else. You see, dressing t- can take an hour. Yeah, because you drench your dressing. That's a oh. whole other thing, though. But anyway, so because of this, if people are bringing in, you know, people are usually coming in from about an hour away. Right. And so there's the repeat time. And so we have to plan who gets the oven when and how long it's needed for. And, you know, is it just reheating so the temperature doesn't matter? Or is dad still taking up the entire oven with his dressing pan? More than one shelf? Come on. <laughs> you, use right. a, you use like the biggest roasting pan we have to make dressing. Okay. Back <laughs> off. Back off. <laughs> Oh, it, but it, from what I hear, it's really good. 
It's a is that your whose recipe is that? Is that great grand one of your great one of your grandmas or the better homes and garden? Oh, has a recipe that I have totally adapted to make it like my mom's, but I don't know if mom ever wrote hers down. And that's the the glory of a good southern cook. Oh yeah, it's like put a little bit of this in, put a little bit of that in. Now taste it. Okay, we need some more of this, which is a third thing. Yeah. Well, that's not. We need some more sage in here. Oh, now we need some more thyme in here. Oh, now we need some. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you said southern cook because we're southern and we're from the south, but that's just the mark of a good old cook. Well. Because they they've got Absolutely. it down in their soul. Yeah, thanks they, for the correction. But they've done it right. It's like it's like Emerald. Bam. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking of he knows exactly what he needs in that. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of some of the old like the the lady who the ladies who cooked in Italy mm-hmm. when I was there. You know they've they've been cooking for so long. They know these recipes by heart. They know how much salt that their pinch is and how many pinches they need or you know, if, if everything, you know, if they get a pound and a half rather than a pound, how much, it's just without even measuring, they just know, they just know what they're sold. There's a joke that runs around Facebook every once in a while. I don't measure cheese. I just wait until my ancestors whisper in my ear, that's enough. And then yeah. I stop. So. <laughs> well, and Emerald, you know, he would, he would pour maybe salt into his palm of his hand. And they, he'd say, that's a teaspoon. And they go, you know, the audience would go, are you sure? And he'd pull out that teaspoon. He'd pour that into the oh, teaspoon yeah. and it'd be perfect. Yeah. But that's because he's done it for so long. Oh, yeah. And any any cook that's been cooking for so long knows that how much they need in their hand or how much the pinches they need or how much of a particular spoon. And you just, they just, they just know all those little, those little things. You know, Jordan uh, around the holidays makes povetica, which is a Slavic uh, rolled sweet bread. And you don't, there isn't a thickness, mm-hmm. like a prescribed thickness mm-hmm. that it needs to be rolled out to because her grandmother who learned, I think from a, from a lady from the, uh, the Slavic area mm-hmm. was, okay, you take it and you roll it. You roll it out on a bed sheet on top of your table or wherever you're rolling. And once you can see the pattern of the bed sheet, you're done. Yeah. So it's not an actual thickness. It's a, there's a, it's just, it's so crazy and so amazing to me. Those, exactly. pe- those people who cook and have cooked so, for so long that way. And it's like, exactly. yeah. you can't, they can't write, they can't always write down their recipes. Right. You know, it's like granny's, it's like granny's recipe. Exactly. That's hanging in, that's hanging in the house. That's not really her recipe, but it was her recipe, but she's adapted it because egg sizes have changed and it's just, and Marie, you know, put her own spin on it. And so is mom. Right. But anyway, I've been, I've been yabbering and you've been eating. So I, I tried the, I had to get a little more pour for the pecan pie. Okay. And again. It goes great. It goes great. Yeah. You know, the that's the thing is, this one goes really well. Quite goes well with the dressing, as I thought it was going to be, the regular dressing. Mm-hmm. But it's gone well with 
the mac and cheese, the turkey itself. I haven't got to the pie yet because I've been talking so much. So have you had this one before? Mm-hmm. I think we both have. Maybe. And the price point on this one was like, I want to say it was 28 and then with the discount on Wine Wednesday, it brought it down to about 23 Yeah. And I think if you shop around, you probably get less than that. Yeah. Well, this is another one that goes really well with, with turkey. The sweetness is just enough because turkey is a little bit sweeter, but still has some of that earth tone to it. Mm-hmm. And the acid, the acid is what makes this work mm-hmm. to me. That extra prickly acidity just drive just drives through all the foods and just grabs what it can with it and takes it along. And the fat of that turkey roll works well with the acidity of this wine. Mm-hmm. They just it's like a pear in heaven almost. Well, folks, I know what we're drinking at Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> you gonna get it? <laughs> well, I mean, both these so far that you've you've loved them, you've loved them with everything we've done. Mm-hmm. That mac and cheese, really, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> you're gonna have to bring that. Yeah, and it goes like the the pie goes well with it. It matches more the sweetness to mm-hmm. me. The sweetness of the riesling goes well with the sweetness of the of the pie because this pie is a, it's a sweet. Yeah, even it's, though it's nutty, it, it's sweet. It's sweeter than your mom's. Well, pecan pie in general is a sweet pie. Well, yeah, it's Cairo syrup. Yeah, <laughs> it's Cairo syrup and eggs, basically, <laughs> and the pecans on top. And pecans, and that's that's about it. Yeah, about all she wrote. But I think I think this one goes well. I also really enjoy these guys because they're sustainable. They've been doing a great job out there. I love Austrian wines, Austrian Riesling. Is really good. Gruners are also very good. Uh, Gruner Valleners. It would be another great Thanksgiving wine. Because mm-hmm. it has a lot of greenness. It has, has some of that same sweetness. Now you know your mom's going to Germany and Austria. Yeah, I know. I, she won't take my wine check. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's going to Germany and Austria. And I want her to bring stuff back. But. I also know that she's going for the Christmas markets. Exactly. So she's going to have her her stuff full up anyway. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I Maybe. ordered a Stein. Yeah, you <laughs> you ordered a Stein and I ordered wine. And, you know, well, the Stein will show up probably. Well, neither one of us may get anything. It'll be all Christmas <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll get wine for Christmas. And, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing. No? Yeah. All right. Well, let's... uh. So now you're we're gonna go. The, you ready for the red? Oh, I am. All right. So you're gonna you're gonna talk more about the red. Once again, this red is the Louis Jadot Beaujolais Village. Uh, you may also know it as Combe and Jack or House. It's not quite House of Jack, but they have a this the Beaujolais label is diff is kind of different than their Jadot label. So it's that's why you may see it as as that. So this wine is totally different. Of course it is. It is going to be a thousand percent different. I mean, but it's Gamay, so it's going to be good. It's a hundred percent Gamay, and it's thirteen percent. So you're going to get a lot of red ripe fruit on this. Maybe you might even smell or taste a strawberry, but it's mostly going to be those dark fruit, cherry, blackberry, 
Well, I, I don't. I get cherry, strawberry, but it's almost like candied or fruit leather. Okay. Like a very well, I, I get sweet some, I get some leather on the nose, definitely. And this is a 2019. 2019. The Riesling was a 2016, and the the rotor was, it's non-vintage. Mm-hmm. Which in your mind would mean that it's five years old? Well, no. It, I, no. I mean, it's not vintage, but because it's on the market right now. Because it's on the market right now, it could be as, it's blended. It's it's not just one year. That's okay. That's right. But it. it all the wine has been on the lees at least two years. So even the freshest juice that they could put in it would be from 2019. So it says the world famous Beaujolais wines are synonymous and well celebrated with, with social occasions. The vineyards spread across the hill villages like a landscape from Tuscany. Yeah. So that area that it's in, one of the things that the website says, take this 140-kilometer trip, so it's like a tour of their different wineries, and talk to 200 different winemakers. Oh, yeah. there's a So like kind of like you learned about in Piedmonte. Yeah. And it's kind of synonymous in Europe sometimes. You may own stuff and you may make wine, but you may not own a whole lot of actual land. Mm-hmm. You know, but Jadot partners with a bunch of wine, with a bunch of vignerons and growers to make their stuff. Now, the village level wine, we've talked about Beaujolais a couple different times mm-hmm. on the show. We've had, we've had Beaujolais Nouveau uh-huh. uh, last year. We did Beaujolais Nouveau. Uh, we couldn't do it this year because when we're recording this, it's before Beaujolais, before, came <laughs> before Beaujolais Nouveau for uh, 21 comes out. We've had, uh, we're having a village level yeah. with, right now. And we've had a crew level. We've had a couple crew level mm-hmm. Beaujolais as well with the, in the carbonic maceration episode, you know, we did the Morgan. Uh, Seth blinded me on a Julianas before. I think I've had one or two other. Two others in there, but so this is when we think about that whole pyramid. When we talk about in France, you know, this is the not. This is kind of the biggest, maybe the second biggest area for Beaujolais because you have Beaujolais Nouveau, which uh-huh. is not delineated at all, right. but has to be super fresh, right? And then this is Village, so it's the areas that are in Beaujolais that are considered good, but not. Not as good as the crews, which are the smallest levels, which we have, you know, Morgan, Julianas, and there's 10 total. So this is kind of the stuff that's right outside those crew level areas, which is why it's a, that's why it's such a large area is because right. it can encompass the entire region of Beaujolais. Right. Well, now, are there any rules about calling it a Beaujolais or is it? Well, yes, there are, there are specific AOC laws, which guide Beaujolais Village. Most of it is, I mean, it all has to come from Beaujolais, from a Beaujolais village AOC level. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have to go look at the actual AOC writings to see what other delineations there are. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it has to be 100% Gamay, mm-hmm. which is really the only thing they grow. That's what this down is. Down there. Right. 
but I don't think there there may be some aging requirements on it as well, but I don't really know. Uh, most of the time, they're going to let it age. They're going to let the stuff age, you know, longer than the, the Nouveau would. But this has some of those same notes of a Nouveau. It's really fresh. It's very bright. Right. It's very right. kind of candy but it's very red fruit driven. Not a whole lot of earthiness to it. So if you love Beaujolais Nouveau, you're gonna like you're gonna like this wine. You will really you will gonna really like this wine. And that's those same tendencies in a Beaujolais Nouveau are what makes it great Beaujolais Village and what makes it great for Thanksgiving. Exactly. Fun, it's light, it's easy drinking, it's not gonna overpower anything yeah. on the plate. The Fruit characteristics go well with everything on it. It's got still has a good bit of acidity to it, but the tannins are low. So yes, you know your tannins are not going to fight with your food and like dry your mouth out mm-hmm. like a barbaresco. Yeah, would. I mean, I think barbaresco could would be a great finish to the night. Just a glass with yeah, nothing else. <laughs> right, exactly. And nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, but it, it 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 would not be one of the best pairings to put in front of somebody for Thanksgiving. No, no. It'd be too tannic. I also don't think Cabernet. I don't think Cabernet is a good one either. A little right. bit too big, a little bit uh-huh. too bold. Right. But this being light, fun, fresh, great. Goes well with the turkey. Tried it? No, I haven't. Well, I haven't. Right now, but... We've both been talking. Yeah, but I think this is going to be the one that's going to be for the... Kind of go with your mushrooms and some of your earthier earthier pairings. May not go well with the with the mac and cheese. I don't know. I mean, the mac and cheese is just good. It really is. So it's just a drink what you like, eat what you like at that point. This website I'm looking at has some really interesting stuff. Well, Jadot is huge. Yeah. Where it's like... Europe's first vine and wine theme park. <laughs> it's like a Disney World. Where's it at? I haven't clicked on it, but it must must be, you know, in the Beaujolais area. Well, Jadot is one of the two. They show people like on a on a special ride designed for family visits. <laughs> Well, Jadot was one of the ones that, they're one of the big boys when it comes to Nouveau. Getting wine to market as fast as they can and doing the exactly. Beaujolais Nouveau Day. You know, it was, it was them and uh, George DeBouf. They, you know, they're kind of the two. George was the main guy. Beaujolais Nouveau. I think he helped start the Beaujolais Nouveau Day. Right. And it really was, so the, the release day they came down to it was, there was a race mm-hmm. to get it from Beaujolais to Paris mm-hmm. as fast as you can and get it to market mm-hmm. because it was the first one. It's the first wine of the year comes out and people just start drinking it. And it's usually fun, bubbly. This is the eighties too. More talking late seventies, early eighties. Right. More talking about this. So fun, light, easy drinking. Very, 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 Easy to drink. If you, well, this one is, but I'm talking about Nouveau. If you're a sweet wine drinker or you know people who are sweet wine drinkers and you want to start moving them into the reds, mm-hmm. give, them a, give them a fresh Beaujolais Nouveau. Exactly. <laughs> they'll, they'll love it. 
Well, and the price point's cheap. So. Uh, I think 12 bucks, maybe. Yeah. Maybe nowadays it's 15 Uh, The French, yeah, the French one would be 15 probably. French one? They're all French. Uh, well, what do you mean? That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. But yeah, this theme park is like 3D cinema, a little train, and a visit to the wine cellars at the heart of the Beaujolais region. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this wine. It's light, it's refreshing, it's red, it pairs it's, well. It's red. <laughs> well, I love red wines, okay, more than the whites. I mean, you've you've trained me a lot on the whites. But this, you know, I've actually been to Jadot in Bone, in Burgundy. Uh-huh. And they're, you know, kind of serious, but they make really fun wine. They make wines in all the great regions of, of Burgundy. And I think they even do some Chablis as well. They're well known and they've, they've been around for a while. The wine goes well with the, the turkey. You know, the it doesn't overpower it. It plays well with it. If, if we had cranberry sauce, it would play really, really well with cranberry sauce. Oh, yeah. I kind of think of, you know, the red wines you put at the table almost as cranberry sauce replacements because you, you can get some of that really fresh sweet cranberry flavor uh-huh. from the wine and add it to the foods that you're eating. The cranberry sauce is sometimes <laughs> gets to the Thanksgiving tables that can glop. <laughs> there are people that that's what they want. Like if they I'm don't want fresh, can- they don't want fresh cranberry sauce. They want it from the can with the ridges and everything. Mm-hmm. That's right. Not me though. <laughs> no judgment. If there, if you, if that's you, that's right. So, I don't know, this this Beaujolais region, there's so much to see. I think that's a whole that's a whole trip in itself, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's, the road that goes through Beaujolais is not very big. Not very long, I don't think. Well, this is 140 kilometers. I don't to think. drive. Well, don't yeah, know, to just, drive everywhere. Well, that's what it sounded like. But from top long. to bottom, it's definitely not that long. No. From top to bottom, it may be, you know. 50? Maybe 50 kilometers. Right. Like, but if you go outside, if you go out to like the villages and that kind of stuff, you know, it's it's a circle. But bisecting it, it's not very, it's not, it's not as big as you think. It's smaller than, it's smaller than Burgundy. Right. And it's definitely smaller than Bordeaux, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It it is on my list of places that I really want to go because I love this grape. I love this region. It is one of my favorite drink because it is fun and easy to drink. You can find some great, great crew level wines. I have a Magnum. Need to figure out to open that one because it might be dead. I have a like a ninety six, a Magnum of nineteen ninety six, Mouilles which is one of the regions, one of the crews from. Beaujolais, mm-hmm. which I brought back from from the Jadot store in Bone, and when I picked it up, the uh, all the all the like tasting room people were like, "Oh, you know, you know what you're looking for, <laughs> <laughs> right?" Because I had had some of their, I had happened to find at one of our local liquor stores. I can't remember which one. Some of these Com- Como Jacques or mm-hmm. Chateau de Jacques of mm-hmm. uh, crew crew level stuff that was like four or five years old 
Right. And it was just amazing. It aged super well. It was done done in that great, deep, rich style. Now, a Magnum like the, is, is two liters? No. A Magnum is a double bottle. So it's a liter and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for liquor drinkers, it's a handle. Yeah. A double Magnum, a double Magnum would be three liters. Right. I think a double Magnum is a Jeroboam. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can never always, I can never remember those. I think it's a Jeroboam. Anyway, uh, I think th- this goes well with all the food. It's. You tried the pie? I have not tried the pie yet. The pie is the only one I'm worried about because of the sweetness I contrast. Good, but I'm, I'm going to try it. We're going we're gonna to take this bullet for you guys. We will, we'll eat some more pie and drink some more wine just so that you know whether you should buy it or not. Or if you just, you know, stay away from it. Now, I do think this wine would be good with pumpkin pie. I do think with the earthy sweetness of the pumpkin, and if you ha- especially if you do a black pepper pumpkin pie, yeah, I think this wine would go well with it. So the, I started buying both, but the pumpkin pie at Kroger's just did not look appetizing at all and this was frozen in the frozen food and so you had to cook it that's been so the, and the that pumpkin pie had probably been sitting out for months <laughs> but you know hannah will bring one. Oh, she's gonna bring two. more than one i think she'll probably bring at least two mm-hmm. one regular one black pepper mm-hmm. so that was the big debate what three three or four years ago right Adding in cracked black pepper to your pumpkin pie. It's almost like if you've ever put good sea salt on chocolate chip co- on top of chocolate chip cookies. Right. It kind of brightens it and wakes it up. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it's the best way to have pumpkin pie. So what do you think of the pie and the wine? Try the pie. Let me try the wine. Um, I think it's going to go. You did. You thought it would. Yeah. I mean, it just leaves like candy candy fruit to me like it's okay it's not great i'd rather drink the riesling the riesling went better yeah i'd rather drink the riesling with it than the like you said there's too much sugar i don't know what the sugar content of this uh beaujolais is typically they're low well it's probably not the residual sugar it's just the the method in which that it's made enhances that characteristic of the fruit flavors correct that it's so fruit. Yeah. I want to say almost fruit forward. Well, yeah. No, this is a more fruit. I would agree with that. This is a more fruit forward wine. It's, you know, you know if you think back to when we did the carbonic maceration episode with Susie. Mm-hmm. That process makes that candied fruit flavor. Mm-hmm. Is, that's one of the byproducts of it. This is most likely done with carbonic maceration. So you get that, that characteristic coming through on the wine to the, to the fruit and not giving a whole lot of austerity. See, I didn't see that in here, but I think you're right. Well, are we ready for best on plate? We could do that. Are you ready? <laughs> I think I can I'm gonna let it you out. go first. Okay. Now, the problem is we got three wines. Yes. So we're going to have three best on plate. Well, yeah, you can have the best pairing, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So I think best with the Rotor Estate was the mac and cheese. I think uh, that was, I think that was probably the best. Very, very closely followed by the turkey, by the turkey roll. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Zoll Riesling, I think the turkey or the pie were kind of the best there. Oh, with the Riesling? Uh-huh. Turkey or the pie? Yep. Don't you supposed to pick one? Well, I can't. I'm not going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I think with the red wine, it was the turkey. I think the turkey went uh, turkey and stuffing or dressing mm-hmm. went really, really well with that. Okay. So with the sparkling, okay. So here's here's one thing I have to say: mushroom, get off my plate. It did not <laughs> go with any of these. It was a cheap imitation anyway. Right. I think, you know, the mushrooms in Italy were so good. In fact, one of the nights that we were at a restaurant, a man walked in with a box. Josh, it was like a foot and a half long and a foot wide. And he was bringing in mushrooms. And the cap of the mushroom was about five inches around. Yeah, he probably just went and picked those portobellos himself. That's right. And so, I've bought these before. I'm going to quit buying them. I mean, well, they just did not go with anything. So, I think if you want to add an, add an earthy element to your Thanksgiving plate, add mushrooms. Add sautéed mushrooms into your dressing. Well, we, we typically think, have the green beans with the mushroom soup mix with green yeah. bean casserole. Right. Right. And that, that seems to work pretty well. Right. But I also think if you, if you want more of like that mushroom flavor, you want to do something with mushrooms, add them in also, just add them into your stuffing mm-hmm. or dressing. I think that would work. Or rather than doing that, add some chestnuts. Not water chestnuts, but chestnuts. Real chestnuts. Do some like roasted chestnuts, chop them up, put them in there. We saw that all over Italy too. Oh, yeah. Were they roasting them on the street yet? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. It yeah. smells. It smells so good. Chestnuts Have you ever roast. Had them? I never bought them, but when I was there, it's chestnut. Like they have these carts where they have grills mm-hmm. and yeah. open fire, yeah, and that's what they're doing. They're roasting chestnuts on the street, and they, it just smelled so good. That smell is ingrained, and I understand what now why in the Christmas song, chestnuts roasting on an open fire is something that's synonymous with winter. Exactly. It, anyway. Oh, yeah. But I think that I think going that route may be a little bit better than... Mm-hmm. if Because mushrooms can be hard to find. Good mushrooms can be hard to find right now. Especially, yeah. Okay, so okay, back, that was the sparkling. So, well, I didn't say. So, the Brut Rosé sparkling. I'm going to say the mac and cheese. Okay, mac and cheese. 100% mac and cheese. All right. And the the Riesling, I think it went really well with the pecan pie. Yeah, it did. Now, it went well with 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 the mac and cheese. It went well with the turkey. For of the three wine, yeah. The Riesling made an appearance of the best of the different food. Best best of the wines. The best the best wine, wine was that Riesling. With those food was the Riesling. It really was. I agree with that. And then the Beaujolais. I want to say the Beaujolais kind of did some of the same things, but like I said earlier, it was not best with the pecan pie. It 
tried to be best with the Mac, but it couldn't get there. But it was the best with the turkey. Yeah, so it, I would say if you're going to buy one, if you just want to buy one of these wines, and you're open, you're open to any of them, Reason. buy the Riesling. Right. If you want a good, if you want an aperitif wine, and you want a main wine, mm-hmm. buy the Rotor Estate. Mm-hmm. If you want something that's going to go really well with your turkey and and all the sides, go for the Beaujolais. Right. I mean, like, we pick these because they're going to be great no matter what you pour with it. I would definitely say, but if we had to pick one, if you can only have one, one of these wines at Thanksgiving, if it were me, I'd probably pivot to the sparkling just for sparkling, but the best pairing was the Riesling. Well, what I would say is we're going to have that sparkling before the food even shows up. Yeah. To, like I'd said before, to wake up our palate. Yeah, it's definitely. And maybe a, we're going to have another bottle of it with the food as it shows up. Yeah, it's definitely a welcome wine. It's a great welcome. It's a great picking at it. If you set out hors d'oeuvres, it'd be great. Well, Dad, is it time for our blind, I guess? Yeah, it's time for the blind. All right, well, let's go ahead and get it poured up. Let's get it poured up. All right, we got it poured up, Josh. Okay, so we are tasting these. This They're tasting this out of the Riedel white wine glasses. Uh, this is a white wine. There is no evidence of gas or sediment. It is a pale yellow, I would say, or maybe a pale gold. Uh, there's no real secondary color to it. Maybe, I guess, maybe a little bit of greeny kind of hue. Take a look here. Oh, no, the yeah. green flash again. <laughs> Not quite sunset yet, but no, no real kind of secondary color that I would that I would feel comfortable calling. Yeah, all I see is just the yellow. And uh, legs are pretty quick on this, so... Run down pretty quick, and they're of good size. So onto the note. Uh, this wine is clean. It's uh, quite cold. There is no evidence of fault to it. Kind of smells of like apple or like orchard fruit. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, but if it's like if it's pear or not pear, if it's like peachy, it's very white peach. No real kind of secondary notes that I'm getting right now. Little green apple, maybe. Maybe, like I said, orchard fruit. Getting some of that orcharyness to it. There's some undertones of like fresh, maybe some fresh grass, some kind of green quality to it. So there's definitely some kind of flowery or vegetaliness to it. No real notes of of earth or minerality to it right now. On to the palate. Swine's clean. Acid is medium. Alcohol is more on the medium side. That may be because it's because of how cool it is right now. It's not presenting. No real evidence of phenolic bitterness. It's pretty lean in the mouth. Yeah, that's is definitely more medium plus. Alcohol is medium. There may be some of that kind of pithy bitterness to it. It's presenting a little bit more of lemony on the palate, but it's more like lemon skin or lemon rind or lime rind. Yeah, definitely some some good acid, some nice little bitterness to it. Mm, it's good. 
Do you like it? I do. There's no real, I'm not getting any earthiness to it. Still getting a little bit of veg, vegetally bite to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, it's a little bit more on the lemon side. It's not you, want a whole, some, you want some mushroom to make it earth? No, thank you. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to add, I really don't want to add earthiness to this one. If I'm going to sprinkle anything there, it may be chalk. It's lean. It's kind of racy. Uh, I think this may be an old world wine. Possible countries, uh, Italy, France, Germany. Okay. I think possible grape varieties here are Pinot Gris, Pinot Blanc. Mm-hmm. With, along with Pinot Gris comes Pinot Grigio. Chardonnay? I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't really think so. Not with the fruit that's coming through it. And that's hum. It's kind of hard to get. Things are kind of hard to get out of it. Not really getting into salinity for some Albarino. I think this is Pinot Grigio. I think this is good Pinot Grigio from the northern north of Italy in Alto Alge. Is that your final answer? I think it is. Or are you narrowing it down still? No, I think that's my final answer. Pinot Grigio. It tastes like Grigio. Tastes like Grigio. Pinot Grigio. It's from Italy, so uh-huh. Grigio. Right. Which is gray and Italian. Mm-hmm. From a good producer in 2019. Where I'm going to kind of land. All right, there you have it. Kind of. That's where I'm going to land on this wine. All right. Well, you're going to have to come back next week to find out whether I am right for once, or if once again, I didn't quite get there when it comes to my wine blinds. And next week's going to be a beer week, and we're going to be doing a holiday or Christmas beer. So, Dad, what beer are you going to be doing? I think I'll do the uh, Sierra Nevada Christmas Ale. Oh, that's going to be a good one. And I'm going to do the Prairie Christmas Bomb. And if I can't find it, I'll let you guys know throughout. That sounds good. Well, we want to thank you guys for spending spending time with us this week. We know uh, this is uh, Thanksgiving week, and you <laughs> have options to be with the family, but we enjoy. We are really happy that you guys spent time with us right now. And remember to give us all your likes and likes and follows. And if you like what you're doing, even if you don't, let us know. We are at Acquired Tastings on Instagram and Facebook. We're most active on Instagram. You want to send us an email? We are acquiredtastings at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. If you like what we're doing, give us a like, follow, subscribe. However you and your platform let us go. Give us some ratings and stars. Ratings and stars really help us to kind of be more visible. So we'd love to get some extra ratings out there as we move into the holiday season. But Dad, this was a fantastic. Oh, yeah. Fantastic tasting. I love this episode. Yeah, this is always one we look forward Too to. Too bad Thanksgiving only comes once a year. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Maybe we'll have to start celebrating Canadian Thanksgiving and okay. American Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. From us to you, we hope you have a great and safe, safe holiday season. Yeah. With COVID slowly going away, you know, social distance, wear your mask, do whatever you think you have to, but be with friends. Exactly. That's what we we've been missing so much yeah and we appreciate y'all being with us and so once again i'm josh mills and i'm john mills and we'll see you next time thank you and goodbye